Hi, everybody. It's Dr. Eric Corum, founder of AIM7. Welcome back to The Blueprint, where we distill cutting-edge science, leadership, and life skills into simple tactics optimized for your busy lifestyle and goals. Staying fit and healthy takes more than diet and exercise alone. As we age, our approach needs to evolve decade after decade from your 20s, 30s, 40s, beyond. Today, leading longevity expert Dr. Jeffrey Gladden reveals how to customize your regimen to match your changing needs. With over 20 years of medical experience, he provides science-backed insights on how to optimize your health and performance at any age. You know, this is something that's very close to my heart right now. I'm in my early 40s, but I can definitely feel a difference than I was, you know, where I was in my early 30s. And my training has changed, the way I approach my mental health, my nutrition, all of this. And this is definitely something that you want to take into account so you can stay strong, energetic, and youthful across your lifespan. The last thing we discussed today is why quantum thinking will improve your adaptability. You don't have to be a physicist for this topic to be useful. You'll see what I'm talking about. So let's get to my conversation with Dr. Gladden. So let's lean in and learn from the best. Dr. Gladden, for people that are probably new to longevity or thinking about anti-aging, can you explain or give some details on your four key pillars for longevity? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think what I've discovered in the whole longevity space is that there's a couple of things going on. One is there's a lot of shiny objects and people are chasing shiny objects. Everybody needs NAD. Everybody needs the cold plunge. Everybody needs the sauna. Everybody needs this. Everybody needs that. You should never do that. You should always eat this. So there's a lot of that going on. And then the other thing is that I don't think people really, in many respects, can't really relate to what longevity is because it's kind of an abstract term when you think about it. I mean, if you look at the dictionary definition, it just means long-lived or to live a long time. And yet, you know, when we think about every picture we saw of somebody that's 100 years old, 110, 120, right? It's kind of like nobody's really going for that, right? <laughs> so it's kind of this abstract of I want longevity, but I don't, I'm not sure I want that, you know? So really, the way it's evolved for me is that what we really love about ourselves is being youthful, right? Is being young. And so at Gladden Longevity, it's really about living young for a lifetime. So the book, 100 is the New 30, uh, How Playing the Symphony of Longevity Will Enable Us to Live Young for a Lifetime, is the title of the book. And it kind of distills it down. And to your point, there are really sort of four key areas that I think constitute a durable structure for understanding and framing up the conversation of how you live young for a lifetime. So the first circle is a life energy circle. We'll talk about that in a minute. The second circle is the longevity circle, which actually has to do with the actual drivers of aging. Think of them as the hallmarks of aging, which are phenotypic expressions of what aging does to us, but also turn around and become drivers of aging. They also accelerate the aging process as well. And so looking at the drivers of aging and uh, the hallmarks of aging, if you will, they're on that circle. And then you have the health circle, right? How do you optimize health, right? And that includes every organ system. And then you have performance. And performance is something that really is neglected in many circles because, you know, when you look at somebody that's 80 years old or 70 years old or even 60 years old or 50 years old and you push them off a curb, you know, do they fall down and hit their face or do they just either catch themselves or if they do land, they roll and nothing's hurt. So the idea of performance, you know, we really train people to be fast, agile, strong, quick, balanced, flexible with great cardiovascular endurance and great ability to recover. And we also teach people how to go into flow states, right? Because I think that's the ultimate way to actually live life. So when you look at the life energy circle, 
the life energy circle is the one circle that kind of encompasses the other three. And imagine the other three in a Venn diagram where you have longevity, health, and performance. That's a Venn diagram. They overlap. Many people, when they're wanting to start on a longevity pursuit, their strategy is to get healthy. I'm going to eat better. I'm going to exercise. I'm going to quit drinking, smoking. I'm going to stop this, do this, take these supplements, whatever. And that's a get healthy strategy. And it's a corner piece and it's a cornerstone to the whole process, but it's an inadequate solution because in essence, aging itself is an exponential problem. It's an exponential decline that we face, not a linear one, although we have a hard time conceptualizing it as an exponential one. Because if I ask the audience or yourself, even or myself, what are you going to be like 10 years from now? It's very hard to think I'm going to be any different than I am right now, right? I we, hope we, I'm a better person. <laughs> well, I hope I am too. And I will be, quite honestly. I think we will be because we're asking the right questions. But I think that it's very difficult to imagine that we're going to be any worse or you know, 15 years from now, what are you going to be like? I don't know, probably be about like I am, right? Because we can't relate to the fact that we're caught in this exponential game. So it puts us at a real disadvantage. So we take a get healthy strategy, which is really a linear response to an exponential problem. And we put all our eggs in that basket. And then everybody that ever did that also got old and died, right? So clearly it's not enough. So get healthy is a good cornerstone strategy, but you have to actually go after the drivers of aging, the performance metrics, and the circle that combines them all or surrounds them all is that life energy circle. Okay, so the life energy circle is more like your mindset, your mental health, feeling loved. I'd love for you to talk about that because I see what you're talking about here. Like most people are focused on here coming in a couple months. The whole world's going to go, or I should say, maybe North America is going to go nuts over the new diet, the new exercise program, the get healthy part. But this life, as you call it, the life energy circle, it's a multifactorial, very complex issue. Well, it really boils down to this is that, you know, we have developed and currently at Glide Longevity, we are involved with uh, many, many, many regenerative technologies, many, many cutting edge tools and technologies that are focused on the biology, if you will. But it's really somebody's mindset and mental health that really determine how they age. So you can throw all the biochemistry and all the regenerative technologies in the world at somebody, but if they don't have this life energy circle dialed in, they'll never get the results that they could, and their life will never be as satisfying to them as it could, quite honestly. So for me, the life energy circle starts with a growth mindset. And a growth mindset, for me, the way I define that, you hear that term all the time, but the way I define it is that someone is actually married to their questions instead of their current answers. So what I mean by that is I was trained as an interventional cardiologist. I got trained up in a particular set of answers. If you came to me with a chest pain or whatever, I had answers for that, high blood pressure, I have answers for that. And as doctors, we get married to those answers, really as professionals in general. But when I got sick and realized that the answers I had weren't working for me and I had to go out and find new answers, I realized that the questions became much more powerful than the current answers. And so a growth mindset is really about identifying what are the questions that are going to carry you forward that are going to develop growth and improvement, right? And so for us, in my practice, it's, you know, how good can you be is the first question, right? After I sort of, after two and a half years of going through functional medicine training, integrative medicine training, things like that, I ended up cracking the code on what was wrong with me. I started to wonder, geez, I wonder how good I can be. I wonder how fit, how strong, how mentally sharp. I was in my early 50s at the time, and I started to wonder, how good can I be? And I realized that that's a very, very powerful question. 
And then we added to that, you know, how do you make 100 to new 30? And how do you live well beyond 120? And so these questions become, you know, really, really, really powerful. I think it's really important if you're listening to this to define for yourself, what are the questions that you're asking? When you think about your own longevity, what is the question that you're asking? What I mean by that is, you know, if I'm sitting here thinking about my longevity, I'm thinking about, well, how good can I be? So that means how relationally replete, how emotionally equanimous, how spiritually connected, how transcendent, how much self-love can I have so that I'm not beating myself up? How safe do I make myself feel so that I'm not anxious when the world is shifting and changing, you know, all these different things. So it goes into those bigger questions. So I think having uh, growth mindsets clearly the start of life energy circle. Man, this is interesting. I, I love your approach here. You know, when I was in sports, high performance was something that was going on overseas. Like what people think of as high performance is not really what it is and from a sports perspective. But we came up with a model that, you know, it's physical, psychological, technical, tactical, intellectual. And that's how the view that we looked at how an athlete performs on the field. There's a lot of things going on. You can have raw speed and power, but unless you have the technical know-how to harness that power, and then you're working within the tactics of the game, and then you actually know how to manage yourself outside the field, and then you can execute under pressure, it's kind of all for naught. With your system here, it's very similar in that this is a multifactorial problem But oftentimes we're focused in on diet, exercise, and sleep, where there's all these other things that are at play. Most people don't think about themselves as being, you know, performance mindset, you know, having a performance mindset, like, am I Mm -hmm. training for speed, power, and agility? I want to open that can of worms for a second. It's very clear in the scientific literature, there's a threshold of minimal amount of exercise that we need per week of, you know, 150 minutes to 300 minutes of we call it moderate to vigorous physical activity and two total body strengthening sessions a week. Most people aren't getting close enough, like aren't even close on pushing the system hard enough. When you're training people in your facility, I just want to talk about like, what does a workout look like for y'all or series of workouts? Yeah, it's a good question. What does a week look like is really almost what you're asking, right? I think back to your analogy, I love what you were talking about, how you would assess an athlete, right? It was the physical, it was the psychological, it was the tactical, the technical, the, the different pieces that you're outlining. You know, the overlap between us is that you know that it's the psychological that basically drives performance. And inside of that, quite honestly, what I've come to discover is that it's really the ability to go into a flow state, right? Where you transcend the current situation, you're no longer actually even committed to the outcome. You're basically able to go into the zone where all possibilities are there. You remove the frontal lobes from it. And now you're just moving through space being, you know, it's like riding a mountain bike or it's like skiing or snowboarding or, or even I imagine running a route, you know, as a tight end for in a football game or whatever else, or as a quarterback that gets in the zone, right? So this becomes really kind of where you want to go. And so, when we're training people in the gym, we're also training them to go into a flow state while they're there, right? So it's not just about the physical activities. I'm going to tell you the physical activities because I know that's part of your question too. But I just want to set the stage here that really being able to train people how to get into flow states, how to awaken their nervous system. So for example, when we go into the gym, you know, we think we're training our muscles, but we're really not. What we're really training is our nervous system. 100%. 
<laughs> the yep. mussels are just a dumb piece of meat. <laughs> That's right. They're just a piece of meat. And, you know, if anybody's ever had a stroke or knows anybody, they know that the muscle is nothing without the nerve, right? So you're really training your nervous system. So then what does the nervous system want? Well, it wants variety, right? It wants new challenges. It doesn't want to just sit on a machine and do the same thing over and over again. That doesn't really train the nervous system to be functional, right? You want to be able to be functional in the world. You want to be able to run down the stairs. You want to be able to get tripped up and fall and not hurt yourself or not fall at all, right? You want those things. You want to be able to move quickly, dance fluidly, you know, all the things that that signify youthfulness, right? So how do you live young for a lifetime uh, is one of our questions too. So when we're training people, we're really training their nervous systems. And there was a, a book written by a guy named Justin Franson. Uh, it's spelled like Grant's grandson, but it starts with an F, Justin Franson, called Athleticism. And he was a guest on our podcast, the Glad and Longevity podcast. And we went through a number of things with him, but I bought his book and read it. And it's fascinating how he's really training people's nervous systems with different techniques, playing games, uh, juggling, standing on a BOSU ball, juggling with on one foot while you're doing math equations, you know, having your eyes closed and walking in figure eight circles, look with your head in different positions, things like this. It's really all about how do you wake up and challenge and train the nervous system. So when you talk about workouts for us, part of it is going to be cardio, right? Because having a high VO2 max is associated with everything good in life, right? Mm -hmm. High VO2 max is everything good in life. Having muscle mass is important, but if you had to pick one or the other, you'd want a VO2 max high. That's going to give you actually more life duration than muscle mass. That being said, we want muscle mass and we want bone density. We want all of it, right? So we train for those things too. So we like ARX, which is a resistance training device that basically you're pushing as hard as you can all the way through the what's called the concentric portion of the exercise where you're pushing away from your body. And then you're pushing as hard as you can all the way back. And pushing out, let's say if you can do one unit of force, coming back, the resistance you can generate may be two units of force. So think about that. You're loading all of your bones, tendons, muscles, ligaments with all this force. But if something doesn't feel right, you just let go of the handles and let go. There's no weight to fall on you, right? We love training people in safe environments where they can do things like that. Then we do a lot of balance training. We do cardio. I like to do 45 minutes to 60 minutes, you know, at least a couple times a week. And then I do interval training on top of that on something with a VASPR or a cycle or something like that. And then we work in, as I mentioned, balance training, some of these other ways that we train. And then we also train neuromuscular reaction times, right? It's another part of the nervous system. There's a company called Synaptech. We can actually measure people's neuromuscular reaction times and then set them up with particular glasses that will decrease their visual input. So for example... Occlusion training. Doctor, I yeah, used to work it. with the guy that invented that at Nike. I've got some of the old strobes. Okay, there you go. So you're getting, in other words, every a portion of every second, you're blinded, right, essentially. Now your brain has to make the same decision with less information, right? I play ping pong with those on. I do other things with them. I'll shoot baskets. Because when you think about working out, and this is what makes it fun, quite honestly. A lot of people say, well, it's drudgery for me to go to a gym. Okay, well, turn it into a game, right? Train your nervous system. Push into the unknown here. This is kind of how we train our people. So the way we do it for a week is, number one, we do something every day. Because if you have to decide whether you're going to do something today, the failure rate is 100%, right? If you say, well, I'm going to exercise five days a week, 
100% failure rate, right? I'm going to exercise six days a week, three days a week, 100% failure rate. If you exercise every single day, do something every single day, it could be balance training, it could be something with your nervous system, and you're not necessarily lifting a weight or going for a run, it still counts. What that does is it transforms you into being someone who exercises or moves into someone who is an exerciser, and then it starts to become your identity. It goes from being a habit into becoming part of your identity, almost like a ritual would, right? So we think that's key. So every week, we're doing something every day. And then we break it up. Typically, there's five days of cardio and two days of resistance training. The cardio will be like maybe three days or two days, depending on the week and the weather and whatever else, where you're doing more protracted cardio and then others where you're doing interval training. Because we found that protracted cardio plus interval training gives people the biggest boost in VO2 max. Tell people Uh, what protracted cardio is. Protracted cardio is like something where you're just going to go out and keep your heart reading zone two, zone three, something like that for, you know, 45 minutes, an hour. Um, Or you could even go to higher heart rates. Like I'll ride my mountain bike for an hour, an hour and 15, an hour and 30 minutes. My heart rate will be, you know, 160 for that entire time. But when I come back, you know, and I do that, and then I do the other interval training, and then I do slower runs, or I do stand up paddling in the ocean in Puerto Rico, and I go out and paddle for 45 minutes or an hour, my heart rates don't get to 160, but it's sustained cardio you really start to build VO2. So I just tested my VO2. I'll be 70 at my next birthday in February and have an exceptional VO2 for somebody between 30 and 35, right? It's 52. My VO2 max is 52. You probably, that probably means something to you, right? So yeah, that's pretty amazing. Right? But this is what's possible. You see, people don't actually understand what's actually possible when you actually focus on being young, right? They just think, well, if I can just be good for my age, Well, that's not good enough, right? That's not good enough. Hey, before you go today, if you've been listening to the show for a while and you found it helpful, if it's impact your life in any way, would you please leave us a comment and review on whichever listening platform you are joining us from? This makes a significant difference, not only our ability to reach more people, but to bring on great guests. The more comments and reviews we have, the higher ranked our podcast is, the better guest I can get for you. Thanks again for listening. I'll catch you on the next episode.